Welcome to another episode of Trust the Pod. On this episode, we'll be covering the Super Bowl, we'll be making our predictions, we'll talk a little NBA, and we'll finish with everybody's favorite subject, The Bachelor. Now, here's your host, Trimble. Thanks, Paul. And also joining us live in studio, we have my friend, Timmy. Thanks for having me, man. So, to start us off, we got the Super Bowl this Sunday. I know I'm blacking this out on purpose for obvious reasons, because we have the Patriots in again. Uh, so it's Patriots and Rams. Uh, so this is uh, Brady's ninth this is Super Bowl, by the way. Nine. Ninth. So he's five and three overall. But if you, I think you brought this up, Paul, recently uh, in like a tweet. If what Atlanta and Seattle, if they run the ball, he only has three Super Bowls. He's three and five. That's a LeBron number right there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I know. I is that two of a hot take already or no? <laughs> no, start us off hot, man. Um, yeah, I, I I don't mean to downplay what Brady's done. I mean, going to nine Super Bowls is incredible. Winning f- five of them is incredible. But if Atlanta runs the ball, they win that game. If the Seahawks, not to you know, I hope there's not any Seahawks fans listening having to relive this. But if you give Marshawn Lynch the ball on the one freaking yard line. This ball game, and sort of to go with that. Um, so Timmy, if Tom Brady goes three and five in the Super Bowl, does that change his legacy at all? Oh, for sure, it changes legacy. He no longer has the most Super Bowls of all of one specific player, a quarterback wise at least. Also, there's no chance he's better than Joe Montana anyway, regardless of how many Super Bowls he has, in my opinion. So, it definitely changes his legacy because he doesn't have that kind of support to back him up. He's definitely, he might be one of the greatest of all time, but he's not considered the GOAT, the vote, whatever you want to call it, QC name. He's definitely not one of them. So, you just say he's not the greatest of all time, right? Exactly. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he'd also still be, you could also keep Peyton Manning in that conversation if you really wanted to. As the greatest of all time? Yeah. Is there anything different now with like in the comparison with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, or is it just the obvious you know, Super Bowl? Tom Brady I mean, Super five Bowl Super Bowl. Yet. You can't uh, turn that down. That's... There's no quarterback. Yeah, Peyton Manning was owned by the Patriots in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He was the little brother. In fairness, though, he he had some real scrubs on that defense. Who, Peyton? Yeah, I mean oh. he. he oh, I was about to say he to had say some offense. real bums on that defense. He had some bums on offense that he made. I mean, Bob Sanders wasn't that one of the? Yeah, he was on yeah. defense, but yeah, I mean was that was later on, wasn't it? But, I mean, Dallas Clark was a nobody, and Peyton Manning turned him into a top-five tight end. Well, Andrew Brandon Stokely. Yeah. He's turning these no-namers. That's why, like, I sort of see, Timmy, you being a Colts fan, why you enjoy watching that team, is I'm, I'm sort of getting a throwback to, like, 2003, 2004, where Peyton Manning makes a Dallas Clark out of no one. They draft these unknowns, and then they become, like, all-stars or, uh, like, Pro Bowls. Because as long as you run the routes, Peyton or Luck will get you the ball. Essentially. Um, so, Paul, what's your prediction for Sunday? Well, I mean, my head is telling me New England because, I mean, they're New England. But they had that underdog chip now. But my heart is telling me the Rams, and I'm going Rams, 31-28. I hope Zerline kicks the game winner. Because am I still mad about the Patriots beating the Rams back in 2001? Greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner. Yeah, I am. So you know what? I hope mm-hmm. New England gets a, a dose of their own medicine. Timmy, what are you thinking? All right. This is weird, but I'm actually ho- hoping the Patriots do win just because I want this to be the swan song 
and say good riddance to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. They can ride off to the sunset together. That's the only reason I want the Patriots to win. And I have some kind of ideas on how that's going to happen. Although, I have a low-scoring game. It's going to be 27-23 Patriots, actually. Mm-hmm. So you're basically saying that if the Patriots win, then you think that Belichick and Brady will ride off to the sunset? Even though Brady has said there's zero percent. Yeah, I don't trust anything that comes out of New England. So. You don't, you don't yeah. trust the Brady process? <laughs> I trust the process, but I don't trust anything that comes out of his two lips. So. Yeah, it's, uh, with me, I sort of go back and forth on this. I want the Rams to win, sort of like Paul said, but of course it's the Patriots. You can't rule them out. And of course we have Jared Goff being uh, first time in the Super Bowl. We just have too many unknowns uh, with Sean, Sean McVay being his first time. But with that said, I think if there's one person who sort of outsmart uh, Belichick and Brady would be those two as of now. Especially if you have Todd Gurley in the back. You also have C.J. Anderson. I feel like that's a, a great backfield to sort of take off um, the nervous, uh, whatever you the have, energy. Uh, yeah, nervous energy off of golf. See, if I'm if I'm the Rams, my game plan is essentially you got to hit Brady in the first quarter. So Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue have to get in the mm-hmm. backfield, and they have to Whoa. hit Brady. Well, if they hit him, you know, uh, it's gonna God, happen. Here we go. It's gonna throw the flag. You can't touch Tom. <laughs> but if they, if they can do that. And then maybe they get a two touchdown advantage, especially going into the second half. Yeah. yeah. What you have CJ Anderson, who is the freshest back in the league, and you have Todd mm-hmm. Gurley, who's the best back in the league. You can salt that game away pretty yeah. pretty easily. Time of possession will be key here because usually it's the Patriots eating at that clock. Right. And I think I really do like how the Rams corners are going to be aggressive and play press coverage and not let Brady kind of pick them apart like mm-hmm. Kansas City and um, Houston, Houston. No, who'd they play in the divisional round? The Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, yeah, Chargers. They play that zone defense, and you know you you let Welker just kind of sit down in the zone, and it's five yards, five yards, five yards. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. You know, so especially like in the fourth quarter when you need to stop Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I would say that you got to pressure. you got to force him to try to look and put the ball downfield, and your D-line has to get in the backfield. Has to. I think with my final score, I'm going to have the Rams winning 31-28. And the key thing here is I'm going to have Goskowski missing the game time. Whoa! Whoa, whoa. It's sort of going to turn the tide in the Patriots. Like the anti-Venetary kind of. And it'll be anticlimactic in uh, the Patriot sense. <laughs> so I'll have the Rams winning, uh, what, 31-28. Um, so, yeah. I was just going to say, like, what would, what is, like, your keys to the game? Because I, like, I feel like we're just kind of glossing over the Super Bowl. And, I mean, it is the Super Bowl, but, like, I just feel like there's no pizzazz behind this game at all. I don't know what it is because... <laughs> I almost forgot that the Super Bowl was this weekend, and usually there's that hype. Of course, last year it was totally different. And I feel like that plays more a role, especially around here for people, is that you had such an incredible hype that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. So, like, for two weeks, every single day, it was Eagles, this is, Eagles, Eagles, this Eagles. Is gonna happen. Yeah. This is going to happen. It's like you see the train slowly coming. Now it's 
Well, now what? <laughs> <laughs> now that all of our teams are out. I guess we'll uh, just go back to hating Brady. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and we, it should have been, you know, possibly Chiefs, Saints. But we're not going to get into that again. No. Um, uh, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's like a weird psychological effect going on, which is kind of, kind of cool. Yeah, it's this is this is definitely one of those Super Bowls that I just I'm just I'll whatever. forget. It's like in baseball, if you can remember when it was like the Giants Cardinals switching off those World Series titles alongside with wasn't there like another team it was like 2010, the 2011, um, 2012, the Royals won in there. The see, Ro- that Royals Mets World Series. I don't think I watched a pitch of that series. I think I watched the last game just to see. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, All right. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> I, um, on to the next. <laughs> like I sort of blocked out. Like the early two thousand tens, and this isn't and this isn't to say that I don't care, because like I hate the Patriots. Well, like honestly, I I don't care. I <laughs> hate the Patriots, but like I just I don't know. I feel like his legacy cemented. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like I'm just like whatever, I'm over it. Timmy, you got any thoughts? Yeah, so I guess my two biggest X factors for the game are one, the Patriots offensive line, like you guys kind of talked about. The biggest thing for Brady is he loves to step up on the pocket. He's not going to roll to either side or anything like that, like Drew Brees kind of can do, even though he's not the most mobile. So that Dante Starnikia, the offensive line coach for the Patriots, is going to have to make sure the guards and center are playing exceptionally well to hide that internal pressure because if Donald or uh, Michael Brockers or Dante Fowler or Dominican Sue, any of them get any kind of pressure on him, that throws their whole game plan away. They can't. They won't be effective running the ball like they have been in Sony Michelle all past yeah. couple weeks. Um, and then Gronk woke up last game. I don't know where he was all season. Yeah, especially in the clutch, he did. Yeah, exactly. On that last couple drives, it just seems like every time they needed a big play, they just put him one-on-one on someone, or even if the Chiefs tried to move two guys on, they couldn't yeah. stop him. So if Gronk played anything like he did at the end of that Chiefs game last week, that's a whole different story because the weakest part of the Rams' defense is that linebacking court. Like, you guys talked about they have some great corners, a, a, a couple good safeties, Great defensive line, but that linebacking court is very weak. So that's something they can definitely exploit with Kronk, and I think that's going to be the biggest advantage they have on offense. Doesn't that seem like the most New England thing ever, though? Like yeah. you have you have a player that is a stud who starts out the year just on fire, and then he disappears for six, seven. Like he could go, Kronk eh. could go on vacation. And they wouldn't miss a beat, and then they bring him back for the postseason. Like, oh yeah, you forgot about me. Here I am. <laughs> hey, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> it's at his position of all time, and he just yeah, they don't miss a beat, and they just pick it up, and he just they are ready to go. Right, that's that's the most New England thing ever. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> and I like I just like sort of respect it too because they just have Tom Brady just utilizes so many weapons, especially now that you have James White, right. Sony Michelle in the back. Like that's just perfect for Tom Brady to just isolate. Like anyone on defense. Well, and I will say this: like hats off to the coaching staff because every coaching staff in the NFL is so freaking selfish because they think, oh, well, my system is going to beat everything else, or how do I make my system work? The Patriots don't do that. They just they they game plan to beat your system, and and that's what makes them so great is they're just so unselfish. Having said that, Bill Belichick's a cheater, and if my yeah. kid, <laughs> the known cheater, I, I, that Tom Brady known cheater. Yeah. Can we can we real quick shout out the the rogue employee? Yeah, the rogue employee <laughs> at the Pittsburgh TV station who wrote known cheater under Tom Brady's name. Like shout out to that guy. I feel yeah. so bad he got. It's not like we didn't know that. This <laughs> is breaking news. 
I'll buy that guy an Iron City beer anytime. Iron City beer. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love that sort of that, that Pittsburgh hatred. I know. I love it. I love it. Um, now to transition to the breaking news in the NBA. We have this killer trade with the Mavs and Knicks. So the Knicks have decided to trade Porzingis, Trey Burke, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Mavs in return for Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and two future first-round picks. So with that said, who do you think has won this trade, Timmy? Um, when the first was, trade was announced, there was no draft pick involved. I was like, wow, that was an absolute trade rape by Mark Cuban and Donnie Nelson over in Dallas. But as the more picks came in, that's still a lot to give up. So, I mean, this whole kind of rebuilding process with Dallas, they don't have a lot of picks coming in. The next couple of years, they're logging in some bad contracts with Harrison Barnes and now Tim Hardaway. So they're... Their cap situation isn't looking the best, and there's reports that Porzingis came out and said that he only wants to sign a qualifying offer, so they may only have him for a year, and then he had unrestricted free agency, so it really looked like that good of a deal. But I still think they won because in the NBA, you need star players, and they got the best player in the trade. Yeah. Bottom line, and sound. So that I think they came with winners of today, for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what years these uh, future first-round picks decide to be like t- decide to become, because uh, sort of like what you said, you have to attract free agents to your area, and if you don't have a selling point, everyone's just going to gloss over uh, Dallas. See, I I think Dallas is really doing a great job with this trade. I I was surprised when I saw uh, the Przingis news, but. When you have a player in Luka Doncic who is taking the NBA by storm. I mean, he is 19. 19 years old. Definitely probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Not Trey Bird. Or not Trey Bird. Trey Young. No. (laughs) Not Trey Young. What about Ben Simmons? (laughs) Up for again? Part two, buddy. Let me me ask Donovan Mitchell and I'll get back to you on that one. Rookie? Question mark? (laughs) Wait, I always wait. Can we just have like a troll moment for for a second here? Go ahead. I almost want Ben Simmons to just throw his name out there and be like, hey, need a rookie of the year? (laughs) Just to like kind of like poke a Mitchell out there just to get him riled up again because I love it. When Simmons and Mitchell go at it, more so Mitchell because he's on a terrible team and right. he's he only shoots. <laughs> but like, I really think Dallas won this trade and they won it so 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 much because if let's say you do have Przingis, okay, and you have Przingis and he plays for you next season, you have Przingis and Luka Doncic, you are really one player away from being somewhat of a contender in the West. I mean, so who should they get? Do you think? That's the hard part really? because I'm not entirely sold that Kevin Durant isn't going to go team up with LeBron James. Yeah, but I don't see him going oh to Dallas. God. But I know, I know, Timmy. I feel I feel the same way. Like I feel sick to my stomach just thinking about it. But isn't that mo- like the most NBA thing ever? Like Durant the two biggest and players, Kyrie. Yeah, like you could see those three go to LA and Anthony Davis take like a pay cut. And then they'll, they'll just pull bums and off the Clay street. And Clay Thompson comes over and they just no, shift. No, no. <laughs> they should just but like, shift teams. They'll literally could be paying bums off the street to fill out that mm-hmm. roster. And they'd still win 70-some like, like games. What's up? They could have Mike Miller come back. You never know. Yo, Mike Miller. Where he <laughs> at? <laughs> that's, that's what I truly miss is Mike Miller. But we all know Corey Brewer has filled that void for me. <laughs> Yo, Corey Brewer doing big things, big places. 
But yeah. like, I I think that this was such a win for Dallas, and it gives them something to build on going forward. You have a legitimate, I don't want to say superstar, but a budding star in the league, and Kristaps Porzingis. Um, you have the rookie of the year and potential superstar and Luka Doncic. They're they're playing long term. I don't know what free agents would really fit in there, but they're really only a few pieces away from being a contender. And you know maybe maybe LA breaks up. Maybe the Warriors break up. Maybe KD goes to the East. Maybe Kyrie goes to Dallas. Maybe. But then maybe he, he does. He'd have to win by himself. <laughs> he doesn't like that now that he realized it. You know. <laughs> So I, I think this is a big win for the Mavericks. Shout out to mm-hmm. Terrain. I'm sure he's yeah, celebrating. The only reason right why now. I don't like this trade is because of Terrain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is a great win for for the Mavericks. And I mean for the Knicks though, like I have no idea what they're trying to do. Um, so remember they, well, they when they did get DeAndre Jordan? But oh, he's a bum. <laughs> he's a bum. He's a has been. <laughs> real quick, can I troll real quick? Yeah. I mean, is there? I mean, yeah, this is the all troll troll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll pay that troll toll, all right. Um, how about all those people that said the Knicks rebuild was going to be better than the Sixers? <laughs> like, legitimate NBA, like, what, analysts. What the Sixers are doing are a disgrace. Yeah. But now we have... The Knicks rebuild the is Knicks, so much better. The Knicks, like, were year, what, three into rebuilding, and they're like, nah, we're, we're the Miami Marlins. Boom, we're done. Fire sale, baby. Give me DeAndre Jordan all your draft picks. <laughs> yeah, remember when Porzingis was trying to get drafted, his kind of executives or whoever is around him told him not to meet with the Sixers because of the atmosphere of losing that we had. And hmm. I, was, I saw that and I was like, huh, oh, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. The, the irony is... <laughs> oof. <laughs> oof. Oh, ben, ben Simmons, Rookie of the Year, Joel Embiid, you know, potential MVP candidate. Sixers going to go to oh, the playoffs. Ooh. Meanwhile, in New York, <laughs> they got, Brooklyn's your best team. Yeah, they got 11 <laughs> wins. <laughs> Yeah, like the Cavs aren't even trying. They have Larry Nance Jr. as a franchise player, and they're what, doing better than the Knicks. Wow, I didn't even realize it was that bad. Wow, that is bad news. And that's when I'm like, now that the Cavs are winning, I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. No, 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 no. <laughs> I won Zion. We're not giving them to the Knicks. Guys, you better start losing now. Take out Larry. <laughs> I mean, you... Maybe the Knicks are doing that. Maybe the Knicks are trying to, to play for Zion. Like this. Is I think they good. are. They, they have to. They have to get one of the Duke boys. This is like steering the Titanic into the iceberg and just... Like, all right, team, we're going down. <laughs> we see Zion. He's close by, but, you know, we're going down this trip together. I mean, is they that, are Duke. Is it start processing at this point, or is that not allowed? Well, you have to say that you're, quote, rebuilding in the terms of the Miami Dolphins. You can't say you're tanking. <laughs> You totally different. You can't come out and just say it like the Sixers did, even though it's yeah. what everybody was thinking. I'm telling you, words matter. Yeah, right? Because yeah. that's our president, too. Words matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the last thing in the NBA we sort of have to talk about is the Anthony Davis situation as well. So he it's has <laughs> requested a trade, or I guess his agent requested a trade. Now Anthony Davis has fined $50,000, um, but he still has a full year to play. He's not a free agent until the summer of 2020. Um, so what my beef is with Anthony Davis, like I perfectly see him trying to get out of New Orleans. I see that the, the um, New Orleans is not going anywhere. But what precedent does this set for other players in their contracts? Oh, this sets a terrible precedent. Because terrible precedent. Because <laughs> that's what, sort of what I'm kind of scared about. Because what you basically are trying to tell the league is, I want to get out of my contract, 
but I also want to make max money. So I'm going to get out years ahead of time. So why have a contract? I don't know. I mean, they should these, have like an opt out. The problem with the uh, NBA, and then this is just a, this before. is just a larger issue that isn't specific to Anthony Davis. But the problem is the super teams. This is all caused by the super teams because look at Anthony Davis's situation. He's the best player on a fair to bad team. Why? Why do you stay there? You're never gonna win. He's not gonna. Yeah. He, is it he just for the resign. money? I mean, do you really want to play? Well, he's already said a, no, right? He's already said he's not going to sign even if it's right, nearly but like, 300 million. Do you really want to play in front of half-empty arenas every single night for a team that's barely going to win 30 I mean, or 40 if games? If you want to casually earn 300 million dollars, I would do that. But yeah, but these these legacy, guys listen. These guys can make millions and millions of dollars by doing one Nike commercial or having a shoe line or selling like sweatbands for Adidas. Like they don't need the money from their team. These guys are mega superstars. Go where you can win. I mean, why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron James? You got the opportunity. Timmy, what are you thinking? I mean, it does set a dangerous precedent. The NBA is kind of a double-edged sword. It's a players-run league, where some other leagues it's not. So it's great that the NBA has allowed the market, and they benefit so much because of the personality of their players. But there is some drawback like this. They have too much control sometimes. But I think what Anthony Davis is doing only affects a certain amount of players in the actual league, like the actual super superstars that can kind of call their own shop. If you're talking about well, why have contracts like the one-year deals, well, that's what LeBron was doing in Cleveland, and that's, he was allowed to do that because he was a superstar. Now, if someone like if TJ McConnell wants to do that, that's not going to work out for him. Yeah, they'll just laugh at him. I love TJ, but it only affects the kind of 1% of the NBA, and it just, it's, only, it's the only thing we're hearing about right now, and that's why it's the main issue, but... I do think it's a dangerous road that the NBA is going down with almost having the players have too much control. Right Wait, now. so Timmy, you don't think TJ McConnell is a superstar player? I think he's a star, not a superstar. <laughs> not a superstar? <laughs> you don't, you will give him a super max? Um, maybe like max like exception kind of um, <laughs> max exception. Level exception max, but anything more than that? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this leads because especially this summer um if especially see what the celtics have to offer as well because i think if there's one team out there that has a lot to offer it would be the celtics yeah i mean yeah but you don't you're not necessarily guaranteed they're going to offer what you want because i mean Danny Ainge is uh pretty smooth with what he wants to offer i mean he's uh he swindled a couple teams out of some good deals before so i don't know necessarily do you trust them or yeah Danny Ainge offer is going to be on the table this is all just speculation he's like nah i'm good with my team maybe they make the finals, boost the Warriors, and like now we're just going to run it back with the guys a year older. So yeah, and that's the the troublesome worry that the GM has to think about too. Um, so for our last segment, we have uh, another episode of The Bachelor has taken place. We have even more drama going down. Uh, so we have um, Paul. Mm-hmm. Are you perfectly fine? With Colton's pick in telling Courtney that she is Dunzo. Yes, one hundred percent. Why? That's on her. You know, I I'm not a Demi fan by any stretch of the imagination. I find her to be annoying and and cocky, cocky, arrogant. Don't like Demi. But Demi makes a great point when she says, "I'm not here, um, to I'm not here for the girls. I'm here for Colton," and. Mm-hmm. You know what? She's she's shooting her shot. She's going for it. 
Courtney's not doing anything. Courtney's just kind of sitting there on her hands. Oh, when's Colton going to talk to me? When's Colton mm-hmm. going to talk to me? That Courtney is the girl at the dance, like the high school dance, who sits in the chair in the back all night long and wonders why the the prom king didn't want to come and dance with her and then gets mad that some girl was dancing with the prom king all night. Like, get over yourself. You got to put yourself out there. You got to shoot your shot. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Well, I think <laughs> I think what Courtney's sort of like defeating factor was that she just lets people walk all over her. And if you're on a cutthroat show like The Bachelor mm-hmm. and you're there thinking of other girls' feelings more than you trying to uh, be co-aligned yourself with Colton's feelings, then you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about caring for other people's feelings and everything like that, but like you said, you got it. self-preservation on this show and in life, so you got to look out for yourself. I was, and what Debbie's doing, I don't necessarily agree with it wholeheartedly, but I understand the premise of it. She should be going about it maybe a little differently, but I respect her for going after what she wants in life. So, I mean, she's yeah. the only one, and she's not sitting on her hands waiting for Colton because you shouldn't be doing that, so. Yeah, you shouldn't be on the show. If you can't take the heat, mm-hmm. then get off the show, and... Colton then made the, I guess, right decision that we all sort of agree with that. Um, before that that ending, we had a little bit of drama once again with Hannah B. and Kaylin. Um, you had Kaylin going on a single date with Colton, which was huge. And of course, when you have a rival going on a single date with the boy that you're, quote, dating, that's going to stir up a lot. So that's Paul, huge. So, Paul... Do you think um, Hannah B is sort of being overdramatic or perfectly in line with how she's feeling? She's being way overdramatic. Over, way overdramatic. She already got her one-on-one date, okay? Kaylin gets her one-on-one date, too. Like, other girls are going to get one-on-one dates. Eventually, Kaylin's going to get a one-on-one date. You, you got you to gotta just ride out the storm, you know, hope that things get better. Um... But you could also just kind of enjoy the ride a little bit more, you know, put yourself out there a little bit more. I mean, how many times does she try to talk to Colton one-on-one? How many times does she try to... We sort of have to reflect on their uh, single date. Is Remember Colton said, oh, it's not really connecting. No, there's no connection. It's, it, it, it's like she's almost trying too hard. She might just not have a personality or she just might be too nervous. But she had her she had her chance, and I saw Caitlyn sort of connecting more with Colton, even though mm-hmm. Colton I think is boring as like a bag of sticks. So it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've hung out with like piles of rocks that yeah. <laughs> are more interesting than Colton. And it's like Caitlyn opened up with a lot of tragic events in her life, and how did Colton respond with that? Oh, Colton responded in the <laughs> absolute worst possible way you could. So, so Kaylin opens up about a time that she was sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. and, and this is a moving moment in the episode. You know, you actually feel real sorry for her. You feel angry at the people that did this. You know, you're, you're just heartbroken mm-hmm. for this girl and her friends. And Colton's response is, oh, yeah, I totally understand. I, I'm a virgin. So, like, what? people always ask me why, and I'm like, oh, And you're equating that to... <laughs> You know, three college girls getting sexually assaulted yeah, and sending like pictures all around campus. I totally understand. That's how he responds. And Caitlin, you could see it in her face. She was kind of upset. She did not like that at all. 
like, if cameras were on her face, I feel like she would sort of realize how how stupid yeah. his response was and sort of just walk away from the whole situation. You could see her, like, trying to hold it together, though, because obviously, like, you want to well, win the Bachelor. Like, and, and then, like, her response was just, okay. <laughs> and then they cut the scene. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, Colton, this is why you're single. But he doesn't even see it. But you know what, though? It fits into my kind of thinking. All of this drama between Hannah B and Kaylin is really all for naught. Both of them are going to eventually get the axe. I don't think any of them make it think? to that final rose ceremony. I think Kaylin None. gets farther. Kaylin might get further. Well, in the perfect world, Kaylin gets farther because obviously she's the... Watch him get cut at the same time. Ooh, they both don't get a rose. Watch that happen. Oh, we have to talk about, speaking of roses, the first impression rose girl, Hannah G. I give props to her because she did say, where's Singapore? Ultimately, if a girl doesn't know or a person doesn't know geography, it's a huge bummer for me. But what she did make up for it was she poked fun at it on her Instagram story, <laughs> how she got a C- in geography, and she sort of made a meme out of herself. So that is, I give high praise on her for that. That's another win. She took like a terrible moment for herself and made it a win. Yeah, you know, I'll give her credit for it. laughing at herself. That's great. But come on, Singapore? where's Singapore? Not even, not even <laughs> like you don't even know what continent. You can't even hit me with oh yeah, South. Hey, I think none of those girls know it though. Probably those producers didn't even know where. The, Colton probably didn't even know where Singapore oh, was. Colton, Colton probably hasn't read a book in his entire life. They went all the way to Singapore to ride a Ferris wheel. Like you could have gone to Bloomsburg over here. Get out. Get to on the fair. <laughs> get to the fair. Get an apple dumpling. Get on the the, the get Ferris fried wheel. Fried pickles. Go to uh, go to the farm show. See some old Confederate flags in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. You, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't a romantic bachelor date be driving all the way out to like Centralia? Oh yeah. See, that would be my perfect date. Right? All mean, right, let's survive. I mean, I hear I hear <laughs> that place is pretty uh pretty lit. <laughs> too soon, too soon. There's a fire underneath that. Yeah, yeah. Town. All all one Eat people in. Centralia that are listening to this podcast are now shutting us off. Oh, yeah, no. like, whoa, coal that, region. That, that major market, <laughs> the, the coal region that brings in tons of uh, money nowadays. You know what though? I gotta get like I, love it. I gotta get Hannah B's information so I can send her an atlas. <laughs> just send it to her. Just know where it's like. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want anything in return. I I want you to read this. There will be a quiz. <laughs> there will be. You'll know when, but there will be a quiz. It'll be a pop quiz. But yeah, great sewed. Um. I'm where, looking for it. Where are they going next? Honestly, they'll probably go are they, to... No, they, they're going to somewhere in... They'll go Asia. to, like, Iowa during the polar no. vortex. And, like, all right, now you thought Singapore was terrible? Where are we now? Yeah, you're never going to get Colton <laughs> to take Negative 60 degrees. You're never going to get Colton to take his shirt off, though. Oh, so yeah. Like, well, he can keep him warm. <laughs> Boom. Polar vortex. Polar vortex. Bachelor polar vortex. See, that is something I would watch even more. <laughs> <laughs> How would you see any of the girls though? They'd all be like bundled up. They'd all look like Randy. From they got. Christmas they gotta be story. modest. Modest is hottest. <laughs> Yo, you get all the girls from FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> Just incorporate everyone from the online. I would wholeheartedly watch that. <laughs> would you watch that, Timmy? I would watch it. I don't have a lot of free time to watch TV, but I would watch that. I would make sure I DVR'd or T-booted or whatever bitch thousand device that I had in the apartment complex. I would use that to watch that show. Would you buy a pair of overalls to watch the show in? Oh, of course I would. Yeah, I'd be all in. All in, 100%. Oh, you, you know how they sort of 
uh, have these like live streams of these bachelor parties all throughout the United States. I would totally have like a farmers only party where we all dress up in like our overalls and my I could be Amish. I could be with my people. <laughs> We'd have to drive out to like new media. Oh, I would love it. Yes, bring it on. <laughs> Put on some country. Put on some John Denver in the background. You got me. Dude, I hope there's people around the country that are listening to this podcast that are like, where the hell are all these places? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a geography podcast now. Thank you for listening. Geography matters, if anyone like, is wondering. Like, we, we roped them all in, talking about The Bachelor, and now all of a sudden, geography. geography. Thank you so much, <laughs> Hannah G. We love you. Thank Another you. plus for Hannah G. Thank you for turning our podcast into a geography class. <laughs> Pennsylvania hey, geography, this, this no This is why less. I tell everyone that I know, that geography matters. And they're always like, oh, there won't be a point in time where this actually matters. And I was like, well, if you watch The Bachelor, then you'll be embarrassed. What if, what if you're a good-looking gal and you're on The Bachelor someday? Just saying. Are you saying if I'm a good-looking girl on The Bachelor? Look, it's 2019. But. <laughs> Get over it. He wants you lost. Get over it. That train. That train. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I want to thank you two boys for joining me for a quick pod live in studio. Thank you, Timmy, again for taking time out of your busy day down south. Always good to talk to you guys. Appreciate being on. Thanks, Timmy. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Go Rams. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Trust the Pod. Again, we want you to follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell your friends. Listen to us on Anchor. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Spotify. We're everywhere. So please give us a listen. Tell your friends. And we hope to see you again next week.